talk. <laughs> it's going to find you here. Can you guys hear me now? I should have worn my Wolves gear, Theo. What's that? I should have put my Wolves gear on. <laughs> uh, I came back from training a little while ago. So. Did you? Good stuff. Yeah. In the snow? Yeah, there's so much snow now. It's crazy. Yeah, you must feel like at home, eh? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Um, nice so to see you too. Everything else. Good to see you again. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, guys, thanks for joining us. Okay, I came about kind of last minute. I was talking to uh, Mark on, on Thursday. Uh, we're just kind of working okay. on some initials right now to help um, more young players like Theo uh, make it successfully across the water. Uh, so we kind of had a little chat, and Mark says, yes, I want to give Theo a call and get him on the call. And uh, so he, he dropped you in at Theo. And uh, I kind of thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about your journey uh, so far. Obviously, you're, um, you're very successful the last couple of months. And go, go back a little bit in time and sort of walk through your journey a little bit. And maybe some things you can pass on to the next, next um, group of players coming through. Okay. So as you know, Theo, I work with, player, with players all the way from 10 to 18. So I've got a good group on today. Uh, 41 in the call, which is good. So there'll be lots of questions for you. Um, okay. I'll start off with an introduction. I've got some questions that we, Mark, and yourself can answer. And then we'll open up to the floor. So pretty casual round table discussion. Uh, we promise no hard questions for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. Anything. <laughs> no, no math questions today. Uh, good stuff. Good so stuff. I was checking this morning, actually. So I first met Theo back in 2011. And then Mark actually the following year, 2012. So it was back as far as that. Um, so back in those days, uh, Theo, you came to uh, the early technical sessions and then went into 1v1 Academy. You played with SAC and then into the Toronto FC Academy and then obviously over to Wolves. That's kind of a, a snapshot of your journey. Nice to see yeah. you, obviously, part of the Canadian national team now, which is good. Um, so that's excellent. And obviously on the verge of the first team as well, okay, which is uh, was a tremendous achievement for yourself. Uh, I'll talk about Mark a little bit. Uh, so Mark, I've known since 2012. Mark over did the first ID camp in Ancaster. I think it was 103 degrees, Mark, wasn't it? Oh, the first, so <laughs> first camp we did. So you, you guys in Canada, it's either really, really hot or freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I first met Mark. Mark was actually um, lead, um, lead coach of the foundation phase. And he's worked all the way up, up uh, with the academy, all the way through to academy assistant manager. And now he works the EPL. So maybe Mark, we can talk a little bit about your, your current role with the EPL. What you're currently doing there? Yeah, so yeah, my current role is basically I go around to all academies in the UK and assess the coaching program to make sure that the coaches are doing what they should be. Look at the how they get players from you know under nines all the way through to the first team. So people their journeys, um, you know, I monitor their journeys, give some feedback to coaches, look at what they're doing, provide some recommendations, and basically just work with all the coaches at football clubs to make sure that what they're doing on the grass with players like Theo is the best that they can be. So, um, but previously, like Ian said, I was assistant academy manager uh, at Wolves for sort of 15 or so years. Met some great players. So, again, like Theo is on the call now. Um, seen a lot of players come through into the, into the first team at Wolves and through the academy. So, that's my background. Great stuff, Mark. Thank you. Uh, I just want to cast back at a time a little bit, uh, Theo. I think back to way back in 2012. So, your first turn on the ID yeah. camp at Wolves, what were you thinking? Uh, what was in your mind? Obviously, you had a goal, I know, from a very early age of playing professionally, but what do you think yeah. was going to happen after that camp? Yeah, so that was like my first um, exposure, I'd say, to any sort of like European football or anything like that. So when I seen Mark for the first time in, that, in the Wolves gear, I was really nervous. Um, I remember quite clearly because it wasn't too far away from my house. Right. So to be able to see that so close to me, it was it was intimidating and everything, but I was really excited. You know, I've always wanted to, to become a professional player in Europe. It didn't, didn't matter where, but 
England preferably because obviously the EPL's well known as the best league in the world. So yeah, it was um it was a very exciting time. I remember I had a lot of my friends go to that camp too. So we'd always like pester each other about after the trainings, like, oh, I did this or, you know, like I megged you or, you know what I mean? So, but it was, it was a really, um, it was a great camp. And I remember I took a lot from that. Good stuff. Excellent. And Mark's going to put you in a spot a little bit about what you first saw, uh, saw on Theo. Yeah, I remember, I remember speaking to another coach, Watto, who was not on the call. And we talked about Theo and we was like, who's this kid? And I remember saying to you, Ian, and I remember thinking about this and we're saying, if Theo lived in England, we get him straight into the academy. And we knew straight away, we said, look, this kid needs to, we need to do something for him because if he was in England, we need to get him across. And it was, it, again, technically, Theo, without saying too much about you too much, to, to make you too confident, two-footed, <laughs> had tricks, but you could see that he had a, a really, really good attitude. And that's what we, we love at Wolves, what we loved at Wolves when we was there. Good stuff. Excellent. Good. And obviously, uh, Theo, we went from there into our progress from the SAC into Toronto FC Academy and then across yeah. uh, obviously the Wolves. What did you find the difference was between being in a North American MLS Academy uh, versus Academy over obviously in England? I'd say um, the level of, of technique is, is quite similar. I think there's a lot of talent in Canada. Um, and I'm not even just saying that because it's, it's biased or anything, but it is very true. I think tal- talent-wise... It's, it's very similar to England, so you have great players over there. But I feel like the biggest difference is, is the, the tactical side. That's, that's taught into the players from a much younger age than in Canada, whereas I feel, especially at Toronto FC, we were just kind of told to play a lot of the time. And it wasn't until we were 16 um, where they started speaking to us about what the, off the ball, the importance of, of like making runs in behind, line splitting passes, all sorts of stuff like that. So... I'd say tactically, that's the biggest. That's the biggest difference. But like I said, I think just in terms of talent, there's so much of it in Canada. Yeah, good, yeah. good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, so, touch up on Mark. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. So Theo, your your journey is quite interesting, isn't it? Because you came to our soccer schools at Wolves, and then you, you we saw you again at sort of fifteen, and we tried yeah. to get you to Wolves, and then you went to to TFC, and yeah. then some point came over to Wolves. A lot of these guys on the call are thinking, how do I get across to England, maybe? How does that work? And what was your journey like coming from Canada across over to, to England? And then, look, again, when we saw you at the academy. So when I was playing, uh, this was all, I think this was just after I played for 1v1 Soccer Academy. I was with uh, Ron Davidson, one of my coaches. This was, I think, a year after. So I was with Ian um, and Ron. Those are my coaches when I was uh, 10, 11 years old. And then... We went into something called Javova Soccer Academy. This was when I was 12. And uh, my coach at the time, Ron Davidson, he said, um, I think it'd be a good idea for, for you to test yourself against some of the kids over there. He said, there's no pressure on you. You don't have to, you know, be too focused on, oh, I need to make it here. Or, you know, the disappointment afterwards, if you don't make it. He said, don't, don't go in with any pressure. Just see where you're at compared to these guys. And I got my chance when I was 12 years old. So he, he had some connections and... He got it sorted for me to go to uh, Leers SK in Belgium and uh, PSV Eindhoven in Holland. And yeah, I thought I was, I thought I was good, but I didn't think I was um, quite at the level at PSV. I thought, um, you know, it was, I had a very good trial, but I remember there was, there were certain things that just made me go like, wow, you know? So at that age, there was a lot, there was a lot in it. Um, but when I went to Belgium, it was I thought I was one of the best there. So 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I got, then in, sorry, in, in, and then in 2015, I went to Fulham when I was 13 years old. And um, yeah, that, that was another, it was, a, it was a great experience, but I felt like I wasn't ready to make that move. Even though I did well on my trials, there was a lot more in it. So it was about moving, you know, halfway across the world. I wasn't ready at that time to leave my family and to make that sacrifice, like just yet. And Marcos called me every month saying, where's Theo? What's he doing? <laughs> right, Mark? <laughs> yeah, we talked often about back to you and sort of obviously track what's happening. I let him know what's happening with you, getting experience across, across the water. And I think there's a chance to go across a little bit earlier than Wolves, I believe. And obviously, if you mentioned there, Theo, you kind of felt weren't really ready as a person at that point to go across. Yeah. Do you That's think a big you, thing. Yeah, that's a very big thing. I, I can imagine so, because obviously it's a, it's a big step. Uh, when you went to the UK, did you face any kind of um, challenge regarding being looked upon as a North American player? Did people look upon you differently because of that? Was that a bit of a challenge? Honestly, I, I thought that would have been a problem before before going to the UK. I thought I'd face, you know, just things like, you know, in the change room, getting along with the guys. I thought that would have been like a, a problem just because I'm so different to them, like, the accent, the Canadian accent, you know, they'd, they'd find it right away and they'd be like, oh, whatever, they'd make fun of me in British, you know what I mean? But that wasn't a, that wasn't a problem at all. Like, everyone, everyone's so nice. Everywhere I went, really, in, in Europe, even tournaments and stuff like that, not excluding trials, people are, are very nice in, in football. And they took me in very quickly and, yeah, it was, it was a very smooth transition, I'd say. Good. You also have a strong family behind you as well, Theo, which is very important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, my brother lives with me now, and uh, he's been living with me for quite some time. And I'm always talking to my parents on the phone, so it's very important. That's good. That's good. Uh, you mentioned the, the fact that it's kind of difficult tactically to kind of make that transition. What, yeah. what has Will's done to help you with that transition? Uh, what kind of work have you done over there to kind of bridge that gap a little bit? I had um, coaches that <clears throat> I was very close to that weren't actually my main coaches. So I'd, I'd always speak to um, one of the striker coaches, Darius Vassell. Um, he's a former player. He, he played at the top level. He was a England international. And I think hearing what he had to say, and he had similar experiences to me when he was younger. So um, we, we play similar positions. He's a striker. I'm a winger, but I also play striker sometimes. So speaking to other coaches, um, from different age groups and just seeing the support they had that that helped me out a lot and especially taking the time to do 1v1 training so me and another coach you know just personal training was was a big thing also after stuff good anything else to add there mark yeah that's it's dead interesting Phil, because your coaches when i speak to some of your 18s and u23 coaches they say that you're probably one of the most technically um, technically proficient players on both feet that they've seen so again you can go your left foot your right foot inside and out so just talk to us and the lads about how you've developed that the ability to play left foot and right foot what did you do yeah um, this this was something that I, I developed when I was younger so whenever I went with my with my brother to the park in the in the early days I made sure that everything I did on my right foot I did on my left foot up until I became more comfortable on my left foot so um, now I, I dribble better with my left and I shoot, I prefer shooting with my right. So it's a little bit weird, but when I was younger, everything I did 
with my right, I had to do with my left. That was always, that was just always something that, and it was just naturally like be from my brother. Cause that was the, the advice I got from him. So to always do it with both feet. That's good. And at the beginning I struggled. I, I, I couldn't do anything on my left foot, but it, it came through time. So even when I was 11, 12, 13, it still, still wasn't there, but I kept working on it every day. And, yeah, brilliant. And I've got what, one more question, if that's okay, just for Theo. Go ahead, yeah. yeah. So, Theo, I mean, the guys know now you're around the, the first team at Wolves. So, you're, like, you're an EPL player. You train with the first team every day. What's that like? And, you know, what sort of things do the, the first team players say? If you train with Neves, Matinho, top, top players, what, what sort of things do they say? What's it like? Um, they, they help you a lot, seriously, in, in training. Um, a, lo- a big thing with me is positioning. So, I, I always have someone you know, talking, like, whether it's them or whether it's someone else, even Adama Traere, he'll talk to me a lot about just positioning and, you know, um, the the type of runs you make. So in and out runs, not always staying out wide, because that's something I like to do. I like to get the ball to feet. But with the first team, they want to see me, you know, running in behind. And it's so much more important off ball, the, the higher level you go. So you have to make sure you switch that on and also defensively, but uh, it's no, it's amazing training with them. The level it's, it's obviously it's amazing. And uh, the tempo, the speed of, of play and training is, is great. And yeah, no, I enjoy it so much. I enjoy it so much. And you, I think you start to realize that the higher level you go, they're just having fun. Like yeah. they just love the game so much. It's not, it's not, Oh, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm under pressure here. I need to perform. They're just enjoying it. They're just loving the game. That's good. Brilliant. I actually remember, Theo, one thing I stuck with me is sort of seeing the early days was you always had a smile on your face and you always enjoyed your football. And uh, I remember last year you telling me that um, you went home after sessions, you spent a couple hours extra in the garden yourself, working on your own, own skills. And always that's something, a habit you've developed and always the habit you still maintain to this day, right? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's something, you know, working after training that's that's something that should just be natural um it it should just be because you love the game so when we have training sometimes there's times where you won't work on certain things because it's group training so you'll work on you know shuffling as a team being ready in shape you know keeping the shape you'll work on i don't know 5v5 6v6s but after you know you can work on 1v1s and and shooting and stuff that you didn't get to do in training so yeah, it's very important. Good point, good point. Mark, I want to talk a little bit about the, the current Wolves squad. Obviously, there's quite a lot of young players around the squads. What's your take on that regarding, obviously, Academy's had success bringing a lot of young players like Theo through, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had a history of bringing players come through the system. You know, again, Theo, you've got Morgan Gibbs-White. Morgan was a World Cup winner. Um, again, Theo, we'll be training with Morgs now because he's back. They've always yeah. brought young players through. I suppose the challenge now for, for the young players who come from the academy is the levels, the, the bar's been raised. So now, you know, Wolves have got a lot of money to spend. They've brought world-class players in, Matinho, Neves, Rui Patricio in goal. They're bringing top players. And so the challenge for the, the, the boys from the academy is to be better than the ones that they're bringing in. So that can only raise the level for the boys. So again, when Theo comes through and he plays with the first team, that's helping him, that's developing him, but it's showing that he's that level. So, again, any player that's around that first team needs to be, again, you know, world-class. They need to be of that level. So, it's good. Um, a good challenge. 
We, we expect it to happen this year, Theo, that this quickly regarding being around the first team? Yeah. Um, what do I expect to happen? Or yeah, what's my goal? Yeah, we're, we're expecting to be around the first team as much this year. Um, to be honest, it was always it was always a goal of mine. But at the way things were looking last year, I would have said this year would have been just training with 23s, playing with 23s, you know, the odd training in with the first team. But, um, yeah, it's actually turned into my favor. I, I've been training only with the first team. I've been involved with them a lot. So I'm playing... 23's games but I'm training with them so yeah I wasn't I wasn't actually expecting it but it, it's great that it happened and it just shows you that hard work um it pays off because in the summer I remember um especially when when there, it was quarantine and everybody was home I worked really hard and I wanted to make sure that I came back in in a much better shape Christoph good excellent Anything else, Mark, you want to ask before we open it up to the questions? No, no, I think this is a great chance for, for these guys to, to speak to somebody that's made the journey from, from Canada across to, you know, a top Premier League team. So, um, quite interested to, to hear the question you've got for Theo. Good stuff, guys. All you go. I think you can go ahead and unmute yourselves. I think that's how it works. So, just give that a shot and uh, we'll go from there. Who's going to ask first? So I'll, I'll jump in and I, I've got a question. This is both for Theo and for Mark and I appreciate uh, you um, coordinating this today. Uh, but just a question for kids that are in the kind of early stages of formation in, in, in football, say ages nine to 12. Um, Theo, what volume or you know, what amount of training were you doing a week or how, what would your program have looked like? And then the same question for Mark, more broadly speaking at Wolves, what would you envision or expect from kids that are in that age bracket in terms of training. Okay, do you want to go first, Theo? Sure, I'll go first. I have one <laughs> thing to say that's really important that I feel all at that age, so he's so young, you know? Um, and first of all, hello, sorry. I didn't even, didn't even get a chance to say hi. Um, you're answering your question. I think it's very important that a kid nine to 12 years, from nine to 12 years of age, just mastering the ball, so just ball mastery, that's the most important thing. Being able to manipulate the ball in any way, you know, inside of the foot, outside of the foot, um, in the control of the ball, that's the most important thing and just making sure he enjoys it. Um, my schedule when I was that age, it was, uh, I, I did a lot of sessions involving um, juggling, you know, um, uh, with Ian, we did a lot of, uh, Toe touches, stuff like that. <laughs> so just a lot of 1v1 work. So beating your man. If you're a defender, um, it's the same thing, being good on the ball. Because I, in every position now, it's so important, especially nowadays, um, you have to be excellent on the ball. Yeah. That's the most important thing, just spending as much time as you can with the ball. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And again, Theo, one of the words you said was enjoyment. And what I see, again, not just at Wolves, but going around all the academies in the country from your top top academies like Wolves, Chelsea, Man City, down to your smaller ones. Again, enjoyment's massive. If you've got young players that enjoy playing, and it sounds a bit, bit cliche, but if you enjoy playing football, you're going to love it. You're going to do it more. You're going to stay in the game. Um, the clubs in the UK, they recommend that players train between four and eight hours a week. Um, so not too much, literally not on it all the time because they're doing other bits in between as well. Um, but again, like Theo said, if you enjoy it, you're working hard on 1v1 stuff, your individual bits as well, 
plus your, your squad training, I think between, what, six hours, eight hours a week, I think that's that's a good level for a, a U9, U10 player. Cheers, thank you. Excellent. Good question. Yeah. Who's next? Um, I've got a question. Go ahead. Hello, firstly. And um, Hello. what do you do to prepare mentally for your training sessions, like visualization or anything like that stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, that's no, that's a very good question. What I like to do is watching videos of players before. It gets me fired up and it gets me in the mood to train. So a lot of the time I'll just walk on like old clips of like Cristiano Ronaldo or just my idols, Mbappe, Neymar, all these types of players before. And it just gets me in like a, in a good move, uh, in a, sorry, not move, in a good mood to train. Um, and I'll, I'll do this before training all the time. So 20 minutes before, yeah, I just watch YouTube videos. That's what I do. Thank you. Good stuff. Of course. Anybody else? Hey, Theo, it's, uh, it's Paul here. Um, as you can see, I'm not a, a player, I'm a coach. <laughs> I was just wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about how your schoolwork has kept pace over the years, because from what you've said, you've put an awful lot into football, but I know that, um, you know, as, as a parent and all the guys on the call are, are interested in keeping up with the school as well. So how's that worked out for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when I was in grade 10, I actually switched to online school. This is when I was at Toronto FC Academy. And so I, I went to school in the first semester, but because of the long drives, it was, it was really hard for me to, to be able to actually make that possible. So I couldn't, I only had three periods in the, in, in the semester and it was my most important one. So I had math, science, all the essential ones. So all the compulsory courses. And then in the second semester, we decided that it was best I just switched to online school. So because my because of the the distance the kia training ground and um that's that's how i did it in the second semester of grade 10 and then in grade 11 i i finished with high school i kind of i wouldn't say i dropped out but i uh i just started doing school at wolves um and yeah that's that's about it so high school i didn't actually finish high school so that's something that i still plan on doing so yeah i guess I sacrificed a little bit of school by coming over here, but um, I don't regret that one bit. I still feel like I can catch up and maybe get into something else now and start something else in, in uni, maybe online. So, yeah. And it, and it sounds like you're getting a pretty good education in other ways that might not be so much in the classroom, but more life education, right? Of course. Yeah. Life education, um, being around different people, you know, being in a different culture here, it teaches you different things in life, but I think it's very important to still get the school education because that's different and it's good in its own way. So, yeah. Good stuff, good. Anybody else? Uh, um, I have a question. Go ahead. Um, I have a question for Theo. I was just wondering um, what motivated you through like obstacles and struggles and like kept you going? Hey, Ayush, um, that's a great question. Uh, what motivated me for me the the biggest thing was i i've wanted to do this ever since i was very young so i envisioned it and i knew that someday this this day would come even though maybe along the way there was bumps and you know i i got um i maybe i didn't succeed in in games or 
you know, my, my dribbles weren't coming off, my shots weren't coming off. Everyone has bad days, but I think it's really important to like, and I know a lot of people say this, but this is actually the truth. Like you need to believe in your ability and never, never doubt yourself at all, because I think that's the most important thing. Um, so ever since I was young, when I first attended that Wolves camp, my, my goal was to be at Wolves. I wanted to be there and I, you know, my, my career went in a different path. I, I went to Toronto FC, but I still found a way, you know, to, to come to Europe. And it was actually luck to come to Wolves, but yeah, because I went to Leicester before Wolves on a trial, so. Much better choice. <laughs> yeah, better choice. When I saw you, I was coaching in the indoor, yeah. Wolves is like a massive indoor dome. And I remember I was coaching, you walked past the door and I couldn't believe it was you. I was like, that's not fair. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, it yeah, yeah. It was a crazy moment. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else, guys? All right. Go ahead. Uh, this is for, there's one for Theo and one for Mark. So for Theo, what's something that you know now that you wish you learned at a younger age playing soccer? Uh, Miles, I think the most important thing is to have fun. That's, because I think you can get carried away sometimes with, um, with all sorts of different things. Like, oh, I, you know, I need to do well today. I need to do this. I need to do that. Just don't worry about anything. Every time you step on the pitch, just make sure to have fun. Just enjoy yourself. That's it. Okay. And for Mark, uh, what attribute do you look for the most in a young player? Ooh, Miles, that is a very good question. Um, I think... Mental mental resilience is a very, very key attribute. And I know Theo touched on a little bit about setbacks. And if it doesn't quite go well for you, the players that you know we look for in, in England, in the UK, are players that have that little bit of resilience, you know, um, determination, want to work hard. After training, don't mind doing an extra 10, 15 minutes just to do a little bit extra to be better than the person they're against. Um, to play in England, you've got to be technically good. You have to be. Um, because again, if you come across to the UK, you'll find the pace is so quick. You've got to be able to look after the ball really well. Um, but I think technical ability and that determination is really, really important, you know, for you guys to, to as, you, to, as you're growing up. Thank you. You're welcome. Great question. Uh, I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Theo. I was just like wondering, now that you're with like the first team, what does your typical training day look like? Kato, um, hello, first of all. Uh, my, my typical day, uh, I wake up at uh, 8, 7.45, 8. I get picked up um, by a, a driver from Wolves because I can't drive yet. That's another, <laughs> that's another, that's one of my problems at the moment. But uh, yeah, I get picked up. I go, I go in for breakfast. I see all the guys from the first team. We all greet each other. We say good morning. I have conversations with, you know, my teammates at the table. And then we'll go down to the gym for some activation. So just getting our legs ready, we'll do head tennis, we'll do a tech ball, which is you have like a table and it's like basically just heading the ball to touch, stuff like that. And then um, I go for training at 10.15. The session's usually two hours and it, it varies depending on the day. So we'll be doing different things um, on different days. So, but it's mostly focused on, on small-sided games and uh, and tactics, so just keeping the shape and yeah. 
and then after after the session's done, just go home and chill every day, and that that's repeated every day of the week. I have a question. Um, when you were training at home, like what types of drills did you do, and did you use like an app to train at home by yourself, or did you just I like, a, kind of, like yeah. random drills? Yeah, um, so Dylan, what I did was I did a lot of stuff uh, in my basement. Actually, um, my basement's not too big, so I had limited space to to do um, dribbling drills or things that, that are suited to my position. So what I, I had a program from Wolves. I did a lot of lower body, upper body um, type things, a lot of exercises involving strength work. And I do my uh, running work outside. So... Um, we had runs. We had 7.5K runs um, every Wednesday, I remember. Uh, we had 5K runs, 3.5K. So it, it varied depending on the day. And sometimes we'd have sprint work too. So I, I usually, in the morning, I started off with strength, strength work um, for the lower body and the upper body. And then I'd go out and, and do some runs or go on the pitch and work on what I needed to do. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. I have a question. Have a question. Go ahead. Oh, my um, Leo, you can go. Okay. Um, were you ever nervous that you wouldn't perform to your maximum ability during trials or something? Yes, Leo. Um, I I was. I I remember in in 2018, actually, when I went to Leicester City before coming to Wolves, it was it was a difficult time for me then because. I didn't have a club actually. So I left TFC and I didn't know where I was actually going to be, you know, like what happens? I was, things were going through my head. Um, what happens if, you know, if I don't do well and, and they kick me out after the first session, but looking back on it now, that was a very wrong mentality. I feel like you just have to take every day um, the way you take any sort of training on a trial. So just go into it uh, with, without any pressure. And I know that's obviously hard to say, but, go in with with the plan of enjoying yourself and that's all i really have to say just enjoy yourself at all times okay thank you i have a question uh this one's for mark what kind of training that teams in the uk like wolves look for that will help us excel to get to the uk faster oh good uh, good question kenny um yeah, I mean, at the moment, a lot of the UK boys are doing similar to what you guys are doing in terms of Zoom work and individual stuff. If I'm honest, they're probably not doing, probably not getting as much as you guys are getting. Because I know I've seen some of the stuff that you guys do with Ian. And again, it's really good, it's really intense, it really gets you guys working. So the guys back at home would be doing something very similar. Um, I think when you guys are working at your clubs and want to come across to England, one thing you'll find is the pace of the English game is so quick. Again, that's one thing that North American kids, when they come across to England, always find technical ability, like Theo said, very, very similar. But it's the very similar, game. very similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, some of the, the guys from North America are probably better than the English kids in terms of looking after the ball, left foot, right foot. But yeah. the English boys and girls are really, really quick. When you haven't got possession of the ball, they press really well. And when you've got it, they play very fast. So I think anything that you guys can do to work on that, that awareness, that speed of your play is really important. That one touch, two touch. Um, you know, when you're playing 1v1 stuff, again, work at a good speed because when you come across to England, it will help you sort of adapt a lot quicker. Um, 
again, it's, it's difficult to come to the UK because some of the boys and girls have been playing together for so long. But the best thing we see when the guys come across from North America is the ones that can adapt to the speed of play quickly. So that's some of the stuff that you can be doing at home. Quick stuff, fast-paced, 1v1 stuff if you can. Um, but just, again, keep that technical ability up. But uh, just try and get used to, to doing stuff at a fast, realistic pace. Thank you. Good question, Kenny. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. Well, first of all, uh, hello, guys. Um, and hey. this question is for Theo. Um, Theo, when you look at your journey, what was the key part of you getting to the next level? Hey, and um, I'd say a key part of, of my journey of getting to the next level is, is just the love for the game. Like, I, I've always liked to watch football, and I don't miss many games, especially when I was younger. Obviously, still now, but um, maybe th that was, like, the difference because I know a lot of kids, when, when, they, when they get to a certain age, particularly in high school, they start getting into other things, you know, like they start letting like influences get to them. So obviously I know you guys are a little bit younger, but you, you're going to come to a time where, you know, you'll be introduced to some bad influences and like, obviously like smoking and drinking, all that type of stuff. But I think it's important that the main thing, which I, I did was, I never let that stuff get to me just because I love the game so much. And I knew that I studied a lot of things and I done, done a lot of research on, on what players did when they were younger and the journeys that they had. And I just understood that, you know, I had to sacrifice a lot to, to get to, to a good level. So leaving behind the, the regular things that you do with, with your friends now. And yeah, I'd say that's probably, I think that's a, it's a great yeah. point, Theo, because, again, you see the guys that, that really succeed, especially in the UK, do make that extra little bit of sacrifice. So whether it's not having, you know, not having that, that extra donor or it's not it's eating a little bit healthier, it's yeah. not going out with a friend sometimes to focus a little bit more on training. It's just doing something, maybe 10% more in that bit of get in your game just to make it bet you better than the person that's in your position. Yeah, exactly. Just details. Yeah. Details. Yeah. It's these little details that go so far. Yeah. Yeah. You spot on. Because again, the person that Theo's challenging for position, maybe a Dometra or a whoever it is, Theo's gonna be looking at his game saying, Okay, what has he got that I haven't? Or what have I got that he hasn't? And refining that. And you guys can do that in your teams that you know, and the teams that you're playing with back home. Just looking at who plays in your position or who plays in the year above or who plays in a different team. What can you do to make yourself as good or better than them? And like, yeah, like exactly. That, that's a big part of it. Yeah, especially I know in, in your leagues right now in Canada, sometimes you have st statistics. So like the top scores. So, for example, if you're a winger, a striker, you know, look at who's who's the top scorer. You know, remember that name and and, you know, always have this competition with yourself. Like I'm going to oh, he, he's on eight goals. OK, I'm going to get. I'm going to get, say you're on five goals or whatever. I'm going to get closer to him, you know, and just, just pushing yourself like that without being selfish, obviously, when, if the chance comes. But yeah, just always, always challenging yourself and even doing a bit of research on your opponents, on your competition. That's, mm -hmm. that'll, that'll set you apart for sure. Yeah, definitely. Point. Excellent. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, Theo, uh, I just was wondering, what do you think the biggest difference was between training here in North America and training over in uh, England? The biggest difference in, in training? Yeah, in training from uh, in North America to uh, England. What was the biggest difference? 
Jabril, I'd say the biggest difference um, would probably be what Mark uh, stated, the, the tempo, I'd say, the, the tempo, the speed of play. Um, he mentioned that the, there's not a big uh, difference in technical ability, and I agree with that too. I actually think, and I'm not even just saying this, but I think there's actually better technical players in Canada, depending on where you, where you go, but um, that's the biggest, it's a, that's, the, that's a massive difference. So they play at a much higher speed here and much higher intensity. So fitness is a lot more important. You have to be fit and ready to, to run until you can't run anymore in games. Very fit and continue doing what you're doing technically uh, with Ian because I know the, the drills that he did and the drills that he had me doing when I was younger, they were, they were unbelievable and they helped me a lot. Stuff. Uh, next. Uh, question. Go ahead. Um, so this is for both of you. So is there anything that you guys were missing like tactic or for Theo, is there anything he was missing tap you found you're missing tactically? And for Mark, is there anything like more players from North America that come over? Are there anything that they're missing tactically in their game? Uh, good question. Um, Serge, great question. For, for me, in terms of a coach, I think, again, like Theo touched on, technically, the players from North America are as good as the guys in the UK. Tactically, it's probably that awareness of when you receive the ball that you've got to understand that as soon as you get it, there'll be an opponent on you literally straight away. So it's having that picture in your mind of what to do next, probably before the ball even comes to you. So if you watch some of the best players in the world who've played, like Gerard, Lampard especially, they're always checking the shoulder to know what's around them. So tactically, that's like a really important trait that, that the guys from North America could have probably a little bit better for when they come over to England, just to prepare themselves for, for that. So again, when the ball's coming to you, you know your next pass before you touch the ball. So that's, that's something tactically. Um, and probably one more for me is just be adaptable and flexible understand positions, understand formations, just a little bit, not too much. But in England, again, the first team managers will change from a 4-3-3, three, three, for example, to a 3-4-3 three, three within yeah. during the game. It changes very quickly. So just have a, a bit of an idea of that. You don't have to know it perfectly, but be, be flexible and adaptable. Yeah, that's very well said. That's very well said. In my opinion, um, I agree with that completely. I just have one more thing to add. So... Um, I'd say value the things that you don't want to do. So what position do you play? Um, sorry, I can't see the name. I just see my name. My name is Derek, but I'm using my dad's. Um, my dad. oh, okay, Sarah. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Um, okay, so I play eight box to box. Okay, well, what's something that you don't enjoy doing? Would you say like something that, you know, you don't, yeah. Um, what's something I don't enjoy doing? Uh... The yeah, funding is that shooting from, dis shooting from distance, like taking the risk of like shooting and like ruining the, the play we built up to the field, taking that risk. Okay. Yeah. That, that's something else. It doesn't really relate. Or tracking um, back too. Yeah. Tracking back. See, that's the main thing. I didn't value that either when I was younger, that was something that I hated doing and I got caught out. Like, especially when I went to Fulham, when I was 13 years old, I remember I didn't track back and I got yelled at by the coach and you'd think, Oh, he's a, he's a trialist. Like, don't yell at him, like just be nice to them. But that the thing is, they're also very demanding here, like the, the coaches. So they expect you to, to learn it right away. I think just do the things you don't enjoy doing and make sure you value them. And I feel like once you start doing that, you'll start almost liking to do it.
because it'll enter into your like repertoire and you know it's it's just going to become natural to you so tracking back make sure you do it now and and almost emphasize tracking back right now do it more than usual you know what i mean make sure you're you're doing it more than anyone on the pitch right now and i think you'll start to see soon enough when you start doing this daily and you start working on this in training when when training resumes back for you guys it'll become a habit and it'll go a very long way Thank you. Theo, how much time do you spend during the week regarding video analysis, regarding watching your last game, making clips, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, every day usually. So, but that's just, I just, I like watching training back, you know, it's something that I, I like doing. So um, we, I, I just finished watching training now before I got on the call and yeah, I watch my uh, games back as well all the time and just seeing, I always analyze with my brother and we look at the things that I could have done better in a lot of the time. And it's just small details sometimes, even if it's the right decision, we look at, okay, but I, I, I could have done that. And that would have been, you know, even better option. So I think video analysis, especially looking back at your own clips, it's massive. It's, it's essential. So obviously the club will give you that, give you that after every training session, after every game as well. To, to yes, so we have, we have this app. When I was younger, I didn't have that. I didn't have, so I, I never did it. Um, when I was uh, their age. So it was only until I came to Wolves. So when I was 16 years old, where they started giving every session on, on an app called Huddle. And yeah, so I, I didn't do that when I was younger. But when you get older, and if your sessions are filmed, even when you're 13, 14, I know some are even younger, it's, it, it's great to look back on it and see what you could have done better. I think that's, that's a really good skill to have, isn't it? To the, the fact that you can watch yourself back, look at some of the things that you've done really well, but also look at the things you didn't do quite well and add yeah. that, like you say, that little bit of detail that's going to make you a better player, whether it's passing to the, the, the correct foot of your, your teammates, whether it's moving the ball a bit quicker, you know, when you're talking about shooting from distance, was that the right decision to do it? And that exactly. skill to watch yourself back is really, really important. If you can get used to doing it, some people don't like watching their own game. Some people feel it's a bit uncomfortable, but if you get used to it, it's, it's, it prepares you for, for playing uh, when yeah. you get a little bit older. I hated that. I hated watching my games back because I remember, oh, I don't want to go back on that clip, you know, where I, it was a horrible pass or I kicked it out of play, you know, by accident, bad touch. Like, I didn't want to watch that. I just wanted to watch my best clips, you know, <laughs> but you have to do it if you want to get better. You have to do it. Yeah. Good point. Excellent point. Anybody else? Um, I've got another question. Go ahead, Leo. Um, do you think that it's important to play other sports instead, like also hockey or basketball or whatever, and like more than one sport? How old are you, Leo? I'm 12. So you're still very young. I think right now it could still be very good, but there's going to come a time when you're going to need to pick, and that'll be fairly soon, I think in two years' time. 14, you kind of have to know which path you're going to be going on permanently so you're gonna to have to make a decision but what's what other sports do you play right now oh no no I mean like do you think that would be a good decision to also play another sport well I mean if in your free time if you want to play basketball or or hockey like you said I think I, I don't think it's a problem at all because I feel like all sports are like they're kind of interrelated sometimes like basketball I remember I played it when I was in high school I, I played uh I didn't actually, I didn't make the team, but I tried out for the team and, <laughs> and it, it, it helped me a lot. I remember I, I saw passes and, you know, just, just from playing football, like it, I saw 
passes or moments to shoot where I feel like others didn't. Obviously, I didn't have the shots. I couldn't make a basket, but I saw things that helped me from football. So I think it's a positive thing because you're keeping yourself fit and staying healthy. So I, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Thank you. And Leo, there's things you can learn from, from other sports in terms of just doing different movements. So in football, you know, again, until you're about 14, like Theo says, your body would just be getting used to doing different types of movements. So basketball, throwing, uh, like American football, receiving, running different directions. So all that yeah. differentiation in sport can really help. But like Theo said, when you get to about 13, 14, that's when you need to think, well, OK, am I going to be a soccer player? This is what I need for, for my position to really yeah. go on to the next level. But also I missed something as well. Lean on one sport. So make sure you have it in mind that, you know, I prefer this one over all them, but I'll still do the other sports to keep myself active. So, you know, if you like, which I'd, I'd imagine you, you like football the most, prioritize football, but also in your free time or whenever you feel like it, still play basketball, but knowing that you want to become a footballer, you know? So, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Christoph. Anybody else? Yes, I have one. Go ahead. Um, it's for Theo. First of all, hello. And hey, Tino. <laughs> uh, what do you? What would you say is the biggest like difference between the U twenty three team and the first team? And how did you step up? And were there like mental? And how did you deal with it mentally? That's a very good question. It's the biggest difference in football period from under twenty three to first team. So it's. I don't think there's a bigger jump that exists. Um, you know, maybe actually under 14s, like under 16s, just because the, they develop and they're so much more developed when you get to 16 years old and stuff. But honestly, I'm, I'm still not at the first team. I'm, I'm training with them right now. I'm on the bench, but I haven't actually made my debut yet. So I wouldn't consider myself first team just yet. I still have a ways to go till I'm, I'm permanently with them. But um, I think that, you know, the work I put in, especially in the summer, um, helped me a lot to get in better shape. So I was actually in better shape than everyone else at the, at the club. And I had a personal trainer, so I was working with him every single day. And we were doing a lot of strength work, a lot of running work, a lot of ball work as well. So that was, in my, that was away from the club. Um, but when I got back um, into under-23 training, um, I felt like I was... I felt like I was like flying kind of like because I, I prepared so well. So I think it's important, especially now I know not a lot of people are, are playing and I know football's canceled for most, for most kids around the world. I think it's important to, to make sure you stay fitter than ever. So in the best shape of your life, whether that's doing your ball work or running or whatever it is that you do, but just make sure you stay on top of that. And make sure you do it every day. Good stuff. Excellent. Time for a couple more questions, guys. I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, so, as a, like a 15 or 16-year-old, how much should you be training every day? I, well, Nathan, is that you? Was oh, yeah. it Nathan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um... I think, I think it's very important to do something every day. So when, how old are you? I'm 15 right now. You're 15. So I think it's important to do 
at least something every day. So obviously, depending on how your body feels, try to get in as much work as you can. But obviously, it's important not to burn out either, not to do too much work and then you get injured or something. But be on the ball every single day, every single day. And I'd say for at your age right now, an hour and a half every single day. An hour and a half to two hours. All right, thanks. Is is good time. Great advice. Well done. Good. Thank you. Yeah. And one last question, guys, and then we'll maybe have a wrap up. I have a question. I have a question. Go ahead. <laughs> Both go ahead. <laughs> okay, my name's Connor, and uh, what are the key things to practice to play like the English? To play like the uh, English citizens and players. I couldn't really hear you too well. Uh, could you please repeat that? What are the Question? things to practice like the English players? What are the things that you need to do to yeah. practice? Like, um, I think once you get into that environment, Oh, I think Theo's Sorry, can you guys still hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Oh, you can hear me now. Okay, perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, I think um, I think the most important thing is to just stay at stay at their level. So I don't know. It's kind of a it's it's a good question. I see what you mean, but what what can you do to be at the English citizens? Just continue doing what you're doing right now, and just remember that the the speed and tempo of play is higher there so be fitter than be fitter than ever I, i'd say keep your fitness very high and you should be fine yeah i think just to, to touch on that a bit more it's again like theo says if the tempo is so, is, is much much higher so whenever you can challenge yourself in your games back home try and challenge yourself so if it's an easy game just maybe change your position a little bit to challenge yourself. If you're running hard, run a bit harder, even if you're winning the game 3 Exactly, yeah. That's... More just, to, just to challenge yourself and just make yourself a little bit better. So don't, don't be comfortable because when you come across to England, you playing at 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 each game. The UK kids are playing 10 or 11 at, you know, they're just playing a different level. So you've got to be able to match them. Um, that, that's important. I just add yeah, that, that Yeah, go ahead, Theo. That's just fitness-wise, um, like very important fitness-wise. Because with the ball, keep doing what you're doing. I have nothing to touch up on that. With the ball, technically, keep doing the exact same things. Just maybe fitness-wise, push yourself, like, um, like Mark said, just push yourself harder and just go that extra mile every time, every session. Just push yourself. Yeah, Mark, we started taking players over to Wolves. Uh, I remember back in the, in the day, Sort of find U12, U13 players real easily in the sessions quite quite easily. But after U14, U15, U16, that's when a real gap started opening up a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Again, U9s, U10s, U11s, you could see a lot of those players. But as players went through that sort of 14, 15, 16 year old, when bodies are changing and people are getting going through growth spurts, and you know it's it's a bit more difficult to run, etc. That's when the, the UK-based players who are getting that extra nutrition from the academy, they're getting that sports science support from the academy. The coaching program would change slightly. So again, maybe Theo might have experienced it. Some of you guys might have experienced the fact that your legs might hurt after training. You might get sore knees. And what the academies would do is drop your training load a little bit. 
give you some extra nutrition, give you a bit more rest, give you some ice recover, and then you go again. The temptation for that age is for, to maybe push yourself too much. Like Theo said, you get injured, then you don't track, you don't play for four weeks. Then you're out of yeah. the team. Somebody else plays in your place. You lose momentum. Again, that's exactly. a big So the UK it's just, got yeah. support. Exactly. Perfect. It's just, it's finding that right balance. I think it's important. Just see how your body feels. If it's, if you feel like you cannot do anything anymore, stop, stop, like take a, take a break, you know, relax. Christophe. Yeah. Maybe one last question. I have a question. I have a question. Oh, yeah, both go ahead. <laughs> Squeeze them in. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you say to 10 year old you? <laughs> that's, that's, what a question that's a very good question Nico I'd say um, if I could go back in time right now I'd probably just say I'd probably be surprised that I'd come to the conclusion that when I'm 18 years old I'd say that the most important thing is to have fun because when I was 10 years old I thought that yeah okay just you know have fun I'd say that's the most important thing Cause that's what I, that's what I heard from everybody. Just enjoy yourself, play freely, you know, don't, don't have any pressure on yourself. And I think that when I turn 18, Oh my God, the pressure is going to come like crazy or, you know, there's going to be so many expectations. It's the same thing. I have the same advice to my 10 year old self, just have fun and just keep enjoying the game. Just keep enjoying playing football. Cause it's, cause at the end of the day, I feel like when you are playing freely and, you know, no worries in your head, just focused on the game, you know, like just having a laugh kind of, you know, that's when you play at your best, when you're like free of any worries or not expecting any pressure on you and stuff like that. Yeah. Go ahead, just, just have uh, fun. That's it. <laughs> just on that one, it's so important because a little stat for you, 96% of the boys that make it to scholarship, so U17 in England, aren't playing football by the time they're 21. So 96% don't get that contract, don't get to where Theo is with the first team. So having fun, enjoying your football and having a good education is so important because in, in the UK, it's so competitive. So enjoy your football because that, that's, that's, that's what it's about. That's why you play it, to enjoy it, not to have the pressure. You know, the pressure comes when you're 25, 26 and you, you're challenging for league, league titles. That's pressure. At the moment, it's, it's fun. Just fun. That's tough. You answered the question there. Kenny, last one was it? Is it Kenny? Uh, yeah. yeah. This one's for uh, Mark again. Um, let's say you're at like age like 12 to 14 and you're a little bit smaller. And I know in the UK that Ian told us that it's very like physical, like you take some beating sometimes, right? Because like they, they want that ball, right? Yeah. Would you suggest that around that age you could maybe like start like weight training almost a little bit? Like besides like cardio and just resilience in general like mentally wise do you think you yeah, could yeah. would enforce that like trying to like maybe get a little bit bigger to like take those hits can yeah, that's a, it's a really good question there's a, there's a guy who plays for barcelona called Lionel messi <laughs> not the biggest um so my point is don't don't worry too much you know if you can do a little bit like look after your nutrition maybe you know eat healthily your body will change and you'll get to where your body's intended to be so i think again there's a lot of players in the UK that are big and strong. There's some new players in the UK that are excellent, that are small and agile and very quick. It's, it's probably up there that's the, the, most, the most important thing to train and to work on. So, again, if you can get some sports science support, great. 
you know, just to make sure that as you're going through body transitioning, um, you get that right support, great. If not, just again, just do some research, read up on it, eat healthily, rest when you need to rest, train when you can train. And again, by the time you're 18, your body will be in a great place and you'll be able to cope with the demands of of football. Um, Don't worry too much. Do what you can. Don't overload yourself because, again, there's players in the UK that that are excellent technically, that that can think about the game so much better than some of the big big awkward players. And they're so much better. They're so much better. They're... They're much better players. Yeah, exactly. Even the smaller guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Theo, you train with Matinho, don't you? And he's like... What, oh, he's a midget. Yeah. Oh, he's a midget. He's so small. He's like a Smurf. Like, he's... <laughs> he's... But he's unbelievable. And it shocks me every time I see him warming up. It's like, is he actually, like, that small? You know, every time I look at him. So, I think that's that's such, a like, an important thing to... Don't, don't even worry about that. And if you hear anyone saying, like, oh, you're too small... It, it's all, I don't want to use that word, but it's all, it, it doesn't matter. Seriously, that, that, of course, it helps to, to do extra, especially in the gym. That's going to, that's going to help you, especially because I think you're going to grow as well. Um, you're obviously going to grow a lot more, but even if by the time, you know, you're 18, 17, 18, you're still small, don't worry about it because you're going to be better technically than the rest. And that's what you're going to have in plus in like, in addition to the others. Thank you. That's probably a change mark, right? The last couple of years in the UK in terms of more yeah. uh, foreign players coming across, more of a, a techno-based game, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Good point. About 10 years ago, um, the, the UK academy would definitely look definitely. at strong um, athletic players. And it went through a transition period now where I think the UK academy academies are looking for a variety of players, some big, some strong ones. Obviously, for goalkeepers, you need to be of a certain height and physique but some big, strong players, but also some agile players, some technically good players. But I think, I think academies are generally looking for clever, bright players who can be adaptable, you know, not just in terms of in possession, but to tactical stuff as well. Like I was saying, you know, in games, you can change tactics for, formations three times a game and you need players that can understand that. That's, that's really important. So don't worry too much about the physicality because you'll get, you're going to be what you're going to be in terms of your body shape. But what you can do is improve that and improve your, your feet. Good stuff. Well done. Good. All right, guys. I just want to thank uh, Mark and Theo especially for jumping on today. Thanks to Theo uh, for making time on your busy, busy calendar these days. I really appreciate it. I'm um, obviously trying to help the young players coming through. So I thought that the best, uh, best report that Mark mentioned was to give – it helps my job a lot easier. Was what, uh, these guys can actually look up to you and say you've done the last uh, eight or nine years. It's given them a pathway to kind of follow. In the past, we haven't had many Canadian role models like yourself. have done very well in the UK. So that's a great uh, – great advance to this generation coming through. So thanks so much for that. I mean, the biggest thing I, I take away from today is, is not only is, is Theo a talented young man, but he's also a very good person as well. And that's the thing I've always, from day one, I've met him. He's always uh, a smile on his face, always played wherever he was. I think it's done to done his mom and dad are the same way. So um, I think family support is a big thing as well. Uh, and don't forget who you are. Don't forget, forget where you're, you're, you came from. And Theo certainly hasn't done that. They've jumped on the call today to help a young players like yourself from, the same area he, he came from, essentially. Okay, so thanks, Theo, for that. Absolutely. Thank work. you for having me, and it was a pleasure to talk to every one of you. So Great stuff. I'm and sure Mark, you're all going to have bright futures. Good so. stuff. And Mark, thanks so much for, uh, for jumping the call. Uh, Mark and I actually, we're chatting the other day. We're trying to put together some programs right now to help uh, more players like yourselves make that transition from uh, Canada over to the UK. So we're talking a little bit about the stuff we talked about today, about helping more support regarding sports science, 
more support regarding video analysis, that kind of stuff. So look forward to, uh, I'll be uh, sending some messages this, this week, probably on that and talk to more about Mark about what we can do to help you guys uh, maximize your potential. Okay. So guys, great stuff. I think the big takeaway today is enjoy your football. Obviously we've got some challenges right now, but whatever we have regarding space and time, let's maximize it. Keep getting better and uh, enjoy your football. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks.